Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Howdy on a Friday. Happy to have you along with us on this last work day of the week. Eagle Hour, live from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Michael Mergens also have a special host, co-host with us today. We'll let you know in just a second who that is, but happy to have you along. Basketball gets two dubs last night, men and women. We're going to unpack those in just a few minutes, as well as brand-new defensive assistant coach announced uh, with Dan O'Brien being elevated to defensive coordinator. We'll talk about that just in uh, a few minutes as well. Happy to have you along. First segment is always brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue, located in a community near you. NFL playoffs this weekend, Southern Miss home game. Maybe Dickie's can uh, can get you some of of the – party food of your choice to tailgate pregame all of that eagles playing twice next week at home in basketball and of course you can already be making plans for baseball season at the pete dickey's great food for you and your crew the hometown team located just outside turtle creek mall in hattiesburg dickey's cooked here loved everywhere i right, kelly Sander, if uh, if, we, if bob getty can't be on the program and we want to have a trio we, we we have a legend among us all show today just ask him. <laughs> How many minds are you a legend in? Marchant Kenny, welcome to the Eagle Hour today. Appreciate you guys, man, and the legend. Uh, I tell you what, that topic, man, it, it flatters me. You guys are too much. Kelly's too much, man. <laughs> but I'm working Kelly, on it. I'm Kelly walking is. and cutting down on my portions. Oh, you're talking about like just much, okay. much in general. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> now let's talk men's basketball, you guys, shall we? Mm-hmm. Uh, Marchant was at the game last night. Uh, men. Win in a dramatic fashion, seventy-six to seventy-two. I got to be honest with you. I thought this game was going to be a little bit easier uh, than it was. But what I took from the game, and we can break down the, the nuts and bolts and the numbers here in a minute. But what I took from the game, and that I really appreciated, is that these guys now know close battles. They didn't. They didn't look rattled. They didn't look unsettled. Look, it only takes one point to win, right? Um, and South Al had that big guy inside that the Eagles were having trouble with. Luke, what were your th- and we'll get Marchand's spin on it in a minute. What did you think of the game last night? Well, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better start. I mean, Eagles came out hot. I mean, Crowley was on fire to begin, and they forced some turnovers, and then they then they kind of let South Alabama back in, and uh, and then they had you know some some decent play. Second half kind of went that way. I mean, South Alabama went up and. You know, Hase was was cold, and then he got right. hot, uh, got really hot, and he and, and Crowley kind of kind of closed it out. But um, I thought when in the second half when Crowley 
stole the ball, um, got the fast break, and, and slammed it home. I thought that might be slamming the door. But, guys, we didn't have an answer for the Moore kid for a long time. Um, he was using his body to get inside. Finally, we double him. But uh, but a, a kudos to the Golden Eagles. We knew that was going to be a scrappy game, and, and they they scored enough and played it well enough defense in the second half to close it out. Four guys in double digits for the Eagles, led by uh, well, Hase had 18. And help me out, I'm having a... Crowley had Crowley, thank you. Austin Crowley, Pinkney, yeah. Pinkney kind of had a... Uh, Kind of a non-noticeable 18. It's two big threes, you know, in the game, but but he had 18 as well. I mean, he's Mr. Consistency, Pinkney. I mean, his his stats are just always in the teens, it seems like. So he's fun to watch. I know that's my wife's favorite player, actually, <laughs> to watch him. Really? He's solid, man. He's solid. Yeah, Angela's here with us as well. She's <laughs> holding Marchant's leash uh, so that he doesn't get too far Hold away. On. Yeah. So what what was your take, Marchant? Well, what I really enjoyed last night, you hear Golden Eagle grit all the time, right. and that was a gritty win. It was a tough win. I mean, so South Alabama is very talented with that big guy inside. And one thing I really liked about last night for the future of this team coming up in the next months was Alvarez came back. Right. And yeah. you saw flashes. There was one time he came to the paint. He was, I mean, he slashed and spun like he was in fast motion and got to the basket. Didn't make it, but it's like there's the guy, you know, we've been waiting to see. So he came back is a big deal for this uh, for this team. Not only is Alvarez back, the fans are back. The students are back. Reed Green Coliseum, Marchant, is back. It was loud, man. You, you hear me on Twitter every now and then talk about 80s Eagle Fever, baby, and it felt really good last night, and it was loud. Uh, you know, the, the team towards the end asked the, the the fans to get up. We got up, you know, and uh, that dunk by Crowley, it was deafening in there. So uh, I know Ladner wants it all coming back, and it's coming back slowly but that surely. That was, was actually the largest crowd of the Ladner era, officially 4,128. And and I think and, and Coach mentioned it because it is a an older constructed stadium. It it has a unique factor to it that it it the the, the noise almost compounds on itself. And so when you have a much noticeable crowd than than normal, it can get really 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 loud. The benefit is. You know, after last night, because Kelly, let's be honest. One of those points is you're 15 and four. You're hosting a, a, a division rival. It was an opportunity for us to lay a big egg, right? We didn't. We won, right? And that will create more momentum, you know, going down the stretch. I, I think I liked how SouthernMiss.com phrased it. I think they said that. Uh, I think they called it Highway 98 bragging rights. There's something there. Uh, you know, as far as a, as far as a future rivalry goes, but that was to me. You win, you get win sixteen, you get win five, you continue to be tied for first place. But it was, can we at home maintain momentum? And they did last night. Nine and zero. Now they have not lost a game in Reed Green Coliseum this this season. And somebody who knows a little bit about the next opponent, James Madison, is the radio voice of the Dukes, and that is Dave Rigert. He's going to be joining us a little bit later on in this program to preview tomorrow's game. But there is no rest for the weary here, and anybody, and of course it's supposed to rain tomorrow, so if it rains, there's nothing going on outside. Everyone who is black and gold, even to the smallest degree, needs to be at Reed Green tomorrow, because if it is raining, you have no excuse, because the game is going to be inside a 2 o'clock start. But I contend that this by far is going to be the – look, even though it was only a four-point win last night, Marchand, this James Madison bunch coming in here, they won in overtime last night over in Troy. They're, they're 
six games over 500. They're right on the cusp of being tied for first place. I think this is going to be the tough, toughest game to date the Eagles have had at home. Well, I won't argue with that. You can look at their body of work, and let's be honest here, the rest of the way with the Sun Belt, I mean, it's it's a log jam up there at the top, so there isn't an easy game left, so got to bring their A game the, the entire rest of the way. So de- definite upgrade with this Sun Belt conference versus what we're, we're kind of used to. Absolutely, absolutely. And so let's also talk about the Lady Eagles, who – are in second place in uh, in the Sun Belt. Actually, now I'm sorry, James Madison lost last night, guys. The Lady Eagles are tied for first place, six and one now. Uh, James Madison lost last night. What about Hattiesburg's own Malia Grayson? Twenty six points last night, fifteen rebounds. Lady Eagles up in Boone uh, hold off the the Lady Mountaineers. They got up big, and, and App State came back. Uh, Lady Eagles hold off and and won seventy five sixty eight. They improved to thirteen and five. More importantly, six and one in the Sun Belt. Kelly twenty six and fifteen. The split for Grayson. And when you look at her shooting from the field, now now if you can shoot what as a team normally you shoot forty percent, forty five percent. You think that's a good night. Malaya Grayson, 12 for 13. Now, I, I grew up in public schools when it was the old math. But that, to me, that's missing one shot. <laughs> well, you know me with math. Well, and you're from Louisiana. So I mean, yeah, Louisiana. It takes a little longer. <laughs> but, but that's missing one shot. That, that, that's just amazing. And for the record, they are tied for first place. But remember, the, the Lady Dukes beat the Lady Eagles couple of weeks ago at Reed Green, so in, in case of a tie, sure. James Madison would, would get that tiebreaker. But, again, they're winning on the road. Yeah. And I don't, you, you guys played football at a high level. You know, I, I wonder if playing on the road in basketball is different than playing on the road in football because both Joy Lee McNellis and Jay Ladner's teams have shown a propensity to execute well, even on the road. Oh, yeah, I think definitely there is a little bit of a difference, though, when you get on the road, when you're shooting that basketball depth perception, what you're used to, obviously, different stadiums, different arenas. So, uh, you know, when you're putting up good numbers on the road like these teams are, I mean, shoot, um, we think you're onto something, too. And a big shout-out, too, to Coach Joy McNeilis for that 300th win, too. I know that was a little while back, but, man, what a leader of women right there. So, Absolutely. So, so the women continue that road trip, Luke, now, right? Yeah, they'll head to, uh, I believe, Marshall. They head to Marshall on uh, it's a noon tip tomorrow up in Huntington. And if you want to know, you know what Marshall's done. Uh, the Lady Herd two and five, nine and nine overall. So Lady Eagles, you know that that they they uh, will be favored in that game. But last night, I mean, I kind of I kind of uh, caught some of it on on ESPN Plus. Uh, Dom Davis didn't score till till way later in the game, and uh, which Kelly, going back to what we've said um, as we approach this commercial break. The Lady Eagles have shown the ability, and one of the reasons they're six and one now is that Dom Davis doesn't have to have her best night every single night in order for the Lady Eagles to win. And uh, last night, Bracy had twelve, Watkins had eight, and Cornfield had, uh, or I'm sorry, Rose Warren had seven. So the ability to not put it all on Dom Davis, and that's why the Lady Eagles right now thirteen and five. Grayson was was the wagon last night, though. Man, she had it clicking on, on all cylinders. When we come back, we talked about the Dukes. And Marchant and Angela actually ran into the Dukes checking into their hotel and uh, gave them the one-finger salute saying, you're number one, <laughs> James Madison. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk he more. T- he tells yeah. many things about many people. Most of them are wrong, Marchant. Kelly okay, should have a pot at all the time with a stir just yeah, to I, keep it going in circles. It I, stirs the pot. And I want to get those fans there tomorrow. So we're going to talk with Dave Riegert, the voice of the Dukes, and then Marchant will join us back in our third segment. The Eagle Hour continues, the Friday edition, in a moment. 
tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Campus Bookmark. On Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, right across from the main entrance to the University of Southern Mississippi. Big yellow building. You know where it is. You can't miss it. And uh, you can always shop from your home or from your car, anywhere. Well, be the passenger if you're shopping from your car. But that's campusbookmark.net. Great place to get all the Golden Eagle swag. If you're coming in for the game tomorrow, uh, go by and see our good friends over at campusbookmark.net. So uh, men win last night against South Alabama at basketball 76-72. Set their sights uh, tomorrow taking on the Dukes from James Madison. Happy to have Dave Riggert making his uh, return to the Eagle Hour. He's in his second year as the voice of the Dukes, and uh, Dukes got in last night after uh, they beat Troy last night. Dave, how's your Friday? It's going great so far. Slept in a little bit after a late night last night driving into Hattiesburg, but uh, the bus ride and the rides after games are much better after victories, especially comeback wins in overtime. Absolutely. So uh, congrats to you guys on that. Four and three come in. And uh, this is a position where Southern Miss, uh, you know, they, they won last night. And uh, Eagles favored uh, in, in several games. It's unique for us in the Jay Ladner area. He's had a tremendous turnaround um, this year. And so before we actually get into the game, Eagles and, and Dukes, tell us about the, the James Madison basketball program. You guys not just only adjusting uh, you know, to, to a new conference as well. Tell us about the Duke basketball program. Well, there's a lot of history and tradition. Lefty Drizel has been a coach here. Lou Campanelli's been a coach here. So they've had some great coaches over the years. So there's a lot of tradition, a lot of history. But over the last 10 or 15 years, it was kind of a down program. I mean, it was it, it was a struggle. I know Matt Brady, when he was here, he had a couple of 20-win seasons during his time. But uh, the, the, Lou Rowe took over, and he was a player at JMU. And he struggled. And, and the most he, he won in any given year was four, 14 games. And then Coach Byington came in. And people were kind of down. Um, they were still in the, the convocation center, which needed an upgrade and, and wasn't a great place to play. Um, and then Coach Byington came in. They got a new building. And there's a lot of excitement now around JMU basketball. And Coach Byington's first year, they won the CAA, uh, the, the previous league that they were in. Um, last year was a little bit of a down year. They had a bunch of injuries, and, and a, lot of, a lot of things happened during that season. They couldn't play for the CAA championship because they were leaving the league. So there was a lot of obstacles last season that kind of got them down. And um, it's a program that I think is certainly on the rise. Coach Byington's a heck of a coach. Um, being in, in the Sun Belt before, Georgia Southern had a lot of success there. So I think a lot of people are on board right now. Uh, with the new building, that's generated a lot of excitement. This is the third season for the Atlantic Union Bank Center. It's gorgeous. It uh, about, holds about 8,500. And it's, uh, it's like a it's a, kind of a mini mid-major arena, if yeah. you will. Um, and it's a perfect size for JMU. There's no doubt about that. So that that's that's brought a lot of excitement. A lot of people are showing up right now, and uh, JMU has had success. They, they had a little tough stretch with three consecutive losses, but yeah. uh, they, they still come in four and three. And I think you guys can see right now that this is going to be a, a fight to the end here in the Sun Belt. It's going to be week in, week out, day in, day out. Every game is going to be contested very, very tightly. This is going to be a, a wild race to the finish. Yeah, a lot of a lot of parity in this league. And, and just looking through the Duke schedule, you guys got to play at Chapel Hill. I was up in the uh, Raleigh area a couple weeks ago and, and got to take in a game there. Phenomenal. Uh, you lost 80-64. 80 but when you got in conference play, this is an impressive win on the road at Marshall. You guys kind of had a win sandwich. You won two, lost three in the middle. But but uh, two-game two win streak right now with Georgia Southern and then at Troy last night. Who, who is who is the faces of this team this year as Golden Eagle fans watch the Dukes tomorrow? Who they need to be on the lookout for? 
Well, Votto Morris is the key. He was preseason second-team All-Sunbelt. He was uh, second-team All-Conference last year, and he's a senior that's now in his third season at JMU. He transferred from Mount St. Mary's and came in with Coach Byington in his first year. And he's a kid that, that missed the first three conference games. That win you talked about at Marshall, I think that's a monster win now when you look back at it. And they didn't have Votto Morris. He's their leading scorer. Um, averages about 13.6 per game, but he was sick for the first three conference games and didn't play at all. So they, they, they certainly missed him, and then he tried to come back for a couple of games. It just wasn't himself. Um, but the last two games, he's averaged, he's, he scored 25 points in each of those games. So he's kind of a, as he goes, they go, I, I think, and, and he's the senior leader on this team, and he's a guy that um, is shooting almost 40% from three and can do a little bit of everything, handles the ball a lot. So he's the main guy. Um, the other guy, I think, that really stands out is Tock Molson. Um, he's a grad student from Buffalo, and he he played at Seton Hall. He played at Canisius, uh, but he's in his second year. He tore his ACL last year. He was one of the guys that got hurt last year and didn't wasn't able to finish the season. Part of why they struggled, but he's just a veteran guy. That's this is his sixth year of college basketball, and, and as you guys know, with with injuries and COVID and everything, you, you have some veterans. And, and sometimes in college basketball, it's, it's young teams that, that that make noise at the Power Five level, but at, at this level and the mid major level. Veteran teams can have a lot of success. And, and this, this team returns eight players from a year ago, four starters from last year's team. So they've got a veteran team that is, is pretty unflappable. They, they don't get too high. They don't get too low. Um, they're a competitive bunch. But those two lead the way. I think the X factor for this team is Noah Friedel. He had 20 points in their win over Georgia Southern last Saturday. He actually got ejected in last night's game for arguing a call. But He's a guy that, that came from South Dakota State. He's a career 40% three-point shooter. When he's on, he is, he is electric. He's dynamic. He can do a lot of different things. When he plays well, this team seems to play well, and he can do more than shoot it, but he's only averaging 8.6 points per game. But he's had four 20-point games, and when he does that, they're really good and almost unbeatable just because of the other weapons they have. So I think he's the X factor, but it's a veteran team that um, that, that kind of – They've had a roller coaster season, but but again, they uh, they kind of they don't get too high, they don't get too low, and they're a good road team. They're three and one so far in the Sun Belt on the road. Dave, this is Kelly Sander. A, a lot of teams will you know wish their best to you. Old Dominion, however, oh, sends their worst to you guys. <laughs> By the way, I just wanted to pass that along. <laughs> I don't know what it is between James Madison and Old Dominion. Maybe we can talk about that another time. But I was mm-hmm. monitoring your game closely last night, and I'm not sure until you actually went to overtime you guys ever led. You just kept chipping away at the lead. How did that ultimately happen? What, what changed? What, how were you guys able to close that gap consistently after falling behind so early? Yeah, we were up 8-7 to seven with like 16 minutes. I think at the first media timeout, we were up 8-7. That was the last lead until the first minute of overtime. So we were, yeah, they, they, were, they were rallying the entire game. And uh, I think the one thing that changed is their defense. Start, they, they were, this team can be really good defensively when they're locked in. And, and I'm, I'm sure most teams can say that, and there's a ton of great defensive teams in the Sun Belt, but they can really be good when they get locked in. They were just kind of going through the motions in the first half and and Troy's not a very good offensive team. I mean, they were averaging 63 points per game in league play, and they had 40 uh, with like two minutes ago in the first half. So that's, that's obviously that wasn't good defense from James Madison. And that, that, that's kind of what their calling card is. When they won the, the CA two years ago, um, they were the best defensive team in, in the league. They had to change things because of injuries last year. So they want to play defense. They want to get up and down and run and have a, a high up, up-tempo style. And they kind of got to that in the second half. Their defense forced – um, almost 20 turnovers in the basketball game led to some easy baskets. And then they, the one thing that really changed is they started to rebound the basketball. 
they were without one of their best rebounders in Alonzo Sule, who played at Texas State previously in the Sun Belt. But they out-rebounded them in the second half in overtime by 10 and had 15 offensive rebounds, 11 coming in the second half in overtime. So that was the biggest key. Is to, Their defense was much better, and they rebounded the basketball. It was one-and-done, second-chance opportunities. Uh, and that was the key. And then Votto Morse, who I talked about, hit 11 of the Duke's 15 points in overtime, including the game winner with, with six-tenths of a second left in OT. Hey, get Dave. in here, Marshan, with Dave. Ray- yeah, Ray- Dave, Marshan, Kenny here. How are you? Thanks for being on. And uh, I'm looking at the schedule and get inside your brain here. You opened up the season against Valley Forge and won 123 <laughs> to 38. You called that game? I did. <laughs> What's it like calling a game when you're up at some point, probably 120. What, what are you just coming up with stuff to say? or what, What's it like calling uh, a game like that? <laughs> it's, it's interesting because last year was my first year calling games for JMU. And the first basketball game I did, they played Carlo, which is, is a Carlo. Division three school in, in, uh, in Pennsylvania. And the Dukes won that game 135 to 38. <laughs> so it wasn't my first experience with a game like that. Um, the one thing that was challenging this year – so they had with the new building I talked about. They were trying. They had some home games set for the COVID year, but then no fans were allowed, so that changed the whole schedule. So they had a pretty heavy schedule last year, where Virginia came in, um, and they got some George Mason came in, kind of a rival in, in Virginia, and they got some good home games last year in their first year, where they could actually have fans in the Atlantic Union Bank Center. Well, that hurt their scheduling this year. They, they couldn't get some home games. Nobody in Virginia wanted to come there and play them. They, they couldn't get Richmond. They couldn't get BCU. They couldn't get um, Longwood, some other teams like that. No one wanted to play them. So they had three non-Division One games, and they were all against Division Three schools. So um, that did elevate their stats, where they're averaging – they were averaging over 90 points per game for the longest time, and again, they did that against Valley Forge and Coastal Georgia. Gallaudet is a team out of D.C. that's a Division Three school, so scored well over 100 points in all those games. But yeah, that's where you get to know some of the walk-ons <laughs> and some of the uh, the freshmen that don't get to play a lot. You, you try and say some of the stories about those guys. Well, I'm I'm actually uh, glad up with something. I'm actually glad you guys brought that game up, Marchant, because I had Valley Forge plus 85. Oh man, you had to see it. <laughs> Snooky the bookie, and yeah. they couldn't cover eighty five. Snooky yeah. got his money. Didn't Game he? close, but yeah. I think they were covering at one point in time, but then they didn't finish. Oh, <laughs> well, it's going to be a tough one tomorrow, Luke, for sure. Absolutely, Dave. Thanks for your time, man. Enjoy Hattiesburg, and we'll catch you tomorrow in Reed Green Coliseum. Sounds good. Thanks, fellas. Anytime. It's Dave Rigert, the voice of the James Madison Dukes, taking on the Golden Eagles tomorrow. Hey, we're going to step aside. Big news from Marshan Kenny. We'll talk to him about some Southern Miss football, but stuff going on in his life, too. Eagle Hour continues on a Friday right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Getting you ready for a Golden Eagle weekend just full of basketball. Our third segment brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Not only home of the 995 plate lunch today was Catfish Friday as it always is. It's also the home of the shadow boxed Marchant Kinney 43 
football jersey. It had to be encased and vacuum-packed a certain way because it's so old that it would vaporize, I guess, if, if it wasn't put that way. But big ceremony, Marchant, when they put that up. You guys were at 4th Street last night. Yeah, we were there last night celebrating the win a little bit. I'm not scared to have a drink or two. I'm a New Orleans guy. You know that. Right. And, uh, but, yeah, it's really cool, the 43 jersey over there. Slade White and the guys putting that up because, you know, uh, 4th Street Bar is a staple. And everybody everybody at 4th Street, they're all Southern Miss fans. I mean, don't even walk in there if you're not a Southern Miss fan because you're not going to understand any of the conversations. No, absolutely. Absolutely not. I mean, you got Reggie Collier on the wall over here, Brett Favre, Patrick Sertan, Derek Nix. I mean, all these guys and me over there, too. Now, <laughs> So, Kelly, you promised you've never worn anything Iowa State ever into 4th Street. All of my Iowa State stuff, Luke, um, Different size has, now? It's shrunk over the years. Yeah, the, the washing machines nowadays yeah, it, are just terrible. Yeah, so I don't know what has happened, but none of that stuff fits me anymore. So I guess it was the material back then. Anyway, Marchant in town uh, for the game last night, and big news that we want to share and not only help him get the word out, that uh, there's a new podcast that is on the horizon called Anyone, Anywhere, Anytime with Marshant Kenny, and we're officially unveiling that on the program today, Marshant. So first of all, I know it was, take us through the thought process of committing the time to doing it. All right, then you had to, conceptually, you had to go, what do I want this show to sound like? And then... How's it going? When will it debut? Man, take it. Yeah, it's coming out early February. I don't have a definitive date yet, but I'll definitely announce that soon enough. And uh, I just wanted to get a podcast out there, kind of a little bit more high energy, what have you. People remember me playing in the 90s. If if you saw some college football back then, I was the first guy coming to the crowd, get the crowd up. You know, that's just kind of the way I played. And I wanted to kind of bring that out into a podcast and a message in a way. And the the podcast is going to be more like a uh, the why, the why we love Southern Michigan so much, why we're so passionate. It's going to be more behind the scenes stories, not as much X's and O's, which we definitely get enough of for sure. I'm going to have some great interviews lined up. The first one I think everybody's going to love, that's for sure. And then I'm going to have players tell stories, going to have fans tell stories on why you know they became a Southern Miss fan or what have you. I'm going to do the best of kind of the passionate uh, side of this Southern Miss fan base, you know, there's there's comedy to it. Sometimes when we win, we we find negativity, but sometimes when we lose, we find some kind of positivity. We definitely uh, we're a fun, passionate fan base, pound for pound. I say the best fan base in the Sun Belt. With that said, I kind of wanted um, somebody who bleeds black and gold, who played it, who really feels it. We just didn't have a message like that out there. I don't think enough, and uh, so I thought it'd be a good time to do it. Actually, yeah, to- we we need it because I'm a punter, so I don't bring much <laughs> from a former former player perspective. There you go. Aren't you in one of the, the now famous Hess paintings? Aren't you one of the players that are prominently featured in that that Hess painting? I am. Yeah, it's me, kind of in on attack with Adelius Thomas, Perry Phoenix with the scoop, and then Patrick Sertan right behind him. Jeff Bowers in the distance. Yeah, that painting is is super cool to me, and I, I just absolutely love it. And it's all over town, and I've got one up in in, uh, in our house too. And uh, I still can't believe that was uh, that was immortalized in a painting. What's awesome about that painting too? To the right, I think. Oh, they actually put Ob in there. Ob's on a knee. Yeah, he is. Ob's in there. It's, <laughs> yep. it's classic Ob because I think he's got a, he's holding a ball as well. That was what? That was the pit game? That was the pit game, 1997, the scoop and score in the third quarter that opened up the game. I still think that was the best total football game I ever saw Southern Miss play was that bowl game. It, it, it's hard to argue with that. And uh, it was just a, a thorough whooping. And, you know, it kind of culminated with me, you know, at the end of the game. Lee Corso had picked us to lose earlier that day. And the not-so-fast – 
my friend thing was coming out. And so I found a camera, moved everybody out the way and said, Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. It was just the whole thing, the game itself, the summary. It was just all what Southern Miss is about. You know, you you, you doubt us. Well, here we are. You know, we're, we're coming at you. And we came very strong that day. Now, logistically, putting together a podcast, it's one thing to have the idea. It's another it's another thing to actually be able to track people down. I'm guessing that social media is big is big in that uh, contacts that you already have in your phone. Tell us about well, how you're tracking people down. I'm pretty blessed with the Southern Miss athletic uh, crew and administration over there being very friendly to me. I mean, they see my passion for it. So uh, you, I'll give you some of the names I already got lined up and they were pretty easy for me. Bauer, Ladner, Barry. Hall, I mean, already got them lined up. Former player already got lined up. Uh, Courtney Blades Rogers fired up to talk to her. I consider her the greatest athlete in Southern Miss history. You know, your argument may have one, but I still consider her the greatest athlete in Southern Miss history with that College World Series she took him to in Oklahoma City back-to-back years. And fired up to talk to her. Got stories coming from, like, a Rod Davis, uh, you, uh, Kelly, uh, Mitch Williams, and uh, it's just going to be a really cool show. It's going to flow. It's not too, too long, and uh, it's going to be hopefully at the end, like, man, I want more of that, you know? Well, you, so, so what you're saying is there's a there'll be a comedy routine because that's the only thing Sander would actually bring to the program. Right? <laughs> oh, a dad joke segment with uh, Kelly Sander <laughs> at the end just to close the show strong. Hey, dad jokes, you know, you got to have one ready to go on hand. But, but I don't think that a lot of people remember that you actually had experience in the media. You interned at the NBC affiliate in Hattiesburg. You've done on-camera work. You've actually done some games for Southern Miss. So this not this is not necessarily a new road that you're traveling. No, it's not. And another difference about this podcast, I will be camera facing. The interviews will be camera facing. The stories being told by some people will be camera facing. So, yeah, I'm very comfortable in front of the camera. It's just getting kind of the look of the podcast. And my wife, Angela, was fantastic setting up the backdrop for it. I mean, it looks really good. And uh, But, yeah, I'm pretty comfortable in front of a camera. Uh, it's actually pretty exciting for me. And, you know, I was, I was taught by one of the best in Mitch Williams on how to get in front of a camera and do well and and, uh, and things like that years ago, but here I am again. Yeah, I, w- I have one more question for, before I, um, you know, uh, turn, it, turn it back to Luke. Um, when, you're, when you're putting something together like this too, uh, you've got technology, which is, is not, you know, my, my strength. So how do you go about uh, find, figuring all that out? Yeah, so I wasn't on Facebook, uh, you know, TikTok possibilities of getting this promoted, uh, a website. So that's where, once again, my wife Angela is is my rock. So I leaned her a lot heavily getting all that kind of stuff directed because you got to have that. You got to right. have links to make it easy because there's just uh, so many things out there for entertainment purposes. If you don't make it easy on the viewer, where is it? You know, they're just not going to find you. So that, that's a big goal of mine, obviously, uh, easy to find my show. Kelly, I will compliment you. Those were good questions. So you do bring more than just comedy, I, I, too. I was like, you know, the best. Well, I'm under contract. So, look, whether I do good or bad, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting, you know. <laughs> but thank, right, you. Marcia, thank you. you. You talk about the, the passion, and I think anybody that knows you or observes you from social media sees the passion. But so when when did it develop? You know, coming out, uh, we've talked about this before, that that, uh, that game your freshman year against LSU was so so important because you felt spurned by them. So so when, at what point, did you basically say, I'm an eagle for life? That, that's a great question, man. And, you, you know, I said earlier in the segment here and the, the other take about a golden eagle grit and what have you, having a chip on your shoulder. Coach Hall had me talk to the team earlier this year, and I stressed that message. you got to play with a chip on your shoulder when you're at Southern Miss. I wasn't the big recruit. LSU didn't offer me. Tulane didn't even offer me. Uh, a lot of people passed on me, so I, I was – 
ticked off a lot when I was playing. You know, I'm, I'm better than this. And that just kind of adds to the vibe of Southern but, Miss. But, but, but Marchant, <laughs> now the Tulane thing, they wanted, they really loved you as a football player. For the record, they weren't real impressed with your academic achievements. The team GPA would have come down if they would have signed me, no doubt about that, you know. Uh, but, you know, I, I would have. I <laughs> true, false, that have been good on those tests, maybe. Hey, I want to ask both of you, Luke and, and Marsha, don't you, and I mentioned this prior to the show, in the last like 35 years or so, I don't ever remember things athletically at Southern Miss being as good as they are right now and it doesn't matter what sport you pull out of the hat that's awesome you say that that's another vibe to the podcast great job bringing that up um there's a vibe going on right now and you may follow me on twitter you've seen me keep bringing up 80s eagle fever you know it just feels like something's going on you can't explain it can't put a finger on it joe paul's in charge he's very athletic friendly you know um there's just something going on football was winning you know the big three baseball super regional host i mean beating lsu uh basketball wow all of a sudden NCAA tournament projections so uh something's going on and I'd like to say it's 80s eagle fever bay bay all over again this is about the third or fourth time you've mentioned LSU your your butt is still frosted over this uh, uh, you know I give those guys a hard time as much as I can man <laughs> hey that that is an underrated win in Southern Miss history that doesn't come to people's mind a lot I was there as a 10 year old kid uh, was it Chris Pierce with a 52-yard field goal? And before Baker, May- uh, Baker Mayfield did the Baker Mayfield at Ohio State, Marshant Kenny did the Southern Miss at LSU. That's funny you say that, man. I saw Baker Mayfield do that on TV, and I said, man, I did that in Tiger Stadium way before he did. you know. And, uh, <laughs> and there's a picture to prove it. And it was just the culmination of those guys not offering me when Chris Pierce kicked that field goal to win. Uh, man, just the culmination of, like, in your face. Huh, you it know. wasn't – and they didn't have the eye of the Tiger. but they, they was the actual Tiger face right it was the logo emblem i like to say the eye of the tiger because it sounds so much better right well you probably stuck the flagpole in the eye of the tiger of the logo there you go good stuff all right (laughs) we're going to continue with uh with marcia and kenny in the last segment hey big news on the football front uh dan o'brien officially becomes the defensive coordinator but they also filled the final defensive spot you got a real big reason to be happy today great job by will hall we'll tell you right after the break To the top. Final segment of the week brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBATHattiesburg.com. Luke Johnson, Kelly Center, Michael Mergens, Marshan Kenny, uh, also with us from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Golden Eagles win last night. Men win over South Alabama 76 72. Ladies win uh, against Appalachian State 75 68. 
Men uh, improved to 16 and 4 overall, 5 and 2 in the conference. Ladies improved to 6 and 1 and 13 and 5 um, overall. And a great, just absolutely wonderful night for Southern Miss basketball. Tomorrow, the ladies at noon up in Huntington, West Virginia, against Marshall, that game on ESPN+. Plus. And then the men tip off at 2 in the Reed Green Coliseum against uh, James Madison. Track and field also. Be watching them throughout the weekend. This is uh, just Coach Stewart's crew keeps reloading and reloading. They're over. They're up in uh, Nashville for the Vanderbilt Invitational. We'll report to you guys next week about how they do. Happy to have Marshan Kenny uh, along with us again. His new podcast, the Anyone, Anywhere, Anytime podcast with Marshan Kenny. You said early February, Marshan? That's what I'm looking at, and I hate to throw a date, but I've almost got it nailed, so maybe look next week for a date. There we go. Awesome. Well, appreciate Marchant sitting in with us. All right, guys, big news today. Dan O'Brien officially named uh, the defensive coordinator uh, for Southern Miss, and uh, we, we were talking off break, uh, off air, about the, just the lineage that he comes from with his father. He's been under Belichick and Saban, uh, most recently at Georgia under Smart. He was at Navy when they won 20 games in a two-year period. Uh, but who was going to take uh, the, the position spot uh, the inside linebacker spot uh, with, that Austin Armstrong uh, vacated to go to Alabama. So they take Chad Williams, great Golden Eagle, uh, and they're gonna put him at inside linebacker. And then, guys, we hired Dwight Wilson. And if you don't know who this guy is, he was a he's a Mississippi guy. Uh, played at Hines, went to Ole Miss, graduated from Ole Miss, uh, coached uh, at Hines also. Then he was the defensive coordinator at Jones. Went to Indiana under uh, Kane Womack. Has been at South Alabama the last two years. Been on Kane's staff. Guys, this is the, he was the recruiting coordinator and the cornerbacks coach at South Alabama. So Will Hall goes into a division rivals coaching staff, gets Wilson. He'll coach cornerbacks to, uh, to fill out this uh, defensive staff for 2023. You guys take on it. This is huge, I think. Well, I think the first thing that stands out and from all those that have worked with him is that he's an outstanding recruiter can really get on the level of kids and, and talks that language and knows how to get good players. And I don't care how good of a coach you are, with all due respect to all of them, you're only as good as the players you have, right? So if you're a good recruiter and can get them here, you got nowhere to go but up. Oh, recruiting-wise, he's a heck of a hire, too. And as you know, South Al's had our number for a while now, so they're doing things right down there. So to get him in-house and he can talk the lingo with the Mississippi kids, having the Mississippi ties, it's a perfect theme. You mentioned South Al, and I was, I was coming back from a junior college basketball game last night. One of the things I noticed in John Cox's play-by-play last night, he was very careful, it seemed to me, to not call South Al, South Al. It was always South Alabama or the Jaguars. Not once did he say South Al. So he must know. Uh, and John's real pro. You know, he knows that it gets kind of gets on their nerves down there to be called South Al, but I don't care. Yeah, no, South Al doesn't like to be called South Al. They made it clear on media they don't want the name South Al out there so much. So please try not to call him South, South Al. Don't call him South Al. Hey, I just said, you know, South listen Al to me, Luke. Is, uh, yeah. Stop well, no, saying we re- South Al. We had J.D. Byers on the show Wednesday, and I think we went the entire segment until Sander dropped it on purpose with about 30 seconds left. But it just, it just comes out of my mind so we've got on this show what do you call app state kelly by the way crap state oh, we got them yeah we we always call the town where you live it's not the university of louisiana we call them lafayette so we may may as well just call south al south, south al. al one of the great things about being my age 
and having my experience is you get to the point where you honestly just don't care. <laughs> you know, some of the conversations I've had with you, you honestly just don't care. How much time have I got left anyway, you know, on, the, on this earth? But real quick, I don't know how much time we got left, Merck. But all right, quick, Marchant. True or false, there was a time at Southern Miss that for one semester you carried a 4.0 grade point average? That is true, and I don't know how much time we have. You want to hear the story? <laughs> minute, Tell a, it. A minute. Go ahead. So, so we had a guy on the team, Jeremy Lindley, who's a doctor now. He's consistent 4.0, and to start each semester you would get recognized for good grades. or would, you know People do 3.0s, 3.5, then the 4.0s would get to talk in front of the team. So uh, I had a summer of courses where it was like nine hours of, of coaching a class, a, a youth camp, basket and a, weaving. three other hours of basket weaving. So <laughs> we get back to the meeting to start training camp, and you know the 3.0s are announcing the team meeting, and the 3.5s are starting to be announced. And Jeremy Lindley, a 4.0, Coach Bowers up there announcing it. And then he looks at the paper. He's like, I'll be damned. <laughs> Marshant Kenny, a 4.0. Misprint. You know, and I, I was literally there to play football. Let's just call it what it is. So I, I get up and I get to give my speech. I can't even get a word out. The guy's are like, sit down, man. I'm like, fellas, we're here for academics and athletics, all right? They're just throwing stuff at me. Sit down. <laughs> hey, it doesn't doesn't say what the, how you got the grades. It's that you got so, the grades. Well, so was a how, did, how did you graduate with like a 2-4? There was like things that happened in between there when you went from a 4-0 to a 2-4. I wish I had a 2-4, man. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're out of time. Right. So you can't tell us about that. Too much distraction uh, at Roper's Wednesday night, ladies night, to keep that good grades up. Well, we're hoping. 43, we, uh, we appreciate you joining us today. Anyone, anywhere, anytime, podcast with Marcia and Kim. Look for a date next week, probably April. We appreciate our April, February, February. There you go. February. Thank you. Appreciate you coming on today, man. All right, appreciate you guys. Always love being on. All right, Kelly, it's gonna be a good weekend. You feeling it for tomorrow? Two wins, men and women. We'll talk about it on Monday. We want to talk about it with you. For Luke Johnson, producer engineer Michael Mergens, Angela and Marshant Kenny. I'm Kelly Sander. Thanks for joining us. Until Monday at one, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top to the sea. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.